Hi everyone and welcome to the third episode of Careers in Science. The purpose of this interview series is to hear from college students and professionals in various fields of science and learn about their path to getting where they are now. We are hoping that this will help your exploration in various fields of science. My name is Anisha Kumar and I'll be hosting this interview session. Today we'll be speaking with Truthi Khanna, a rising junior at Cornell University. Shruti is pursuing a major in Global and Public Health Services with a minor in Public Policy and is on the pre-med track. Welcome, Shruti, and thank you so much for doing this interview with us. I'm very excited to speak with you and hear about your experiences. Yeah, really happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I wanted to just start it off with um, asking you how your college is going and how you're liking Cornell. Yeah, um, so like Anisha said, I just finished my second year at Cornell uh, studying Global and Public Health Sciences, uh, and I'm pre-med. Um, I absolutely love it at Cornell. Um, I didn't, that wasn't, I didn't expect to end up going there, but I absolutely love it. It's the best decision I ever made. Um, they have a really great public health program, an amazing pre-health program and advising for pre-health students. Um, and I'm really having a great time there. That's awesome. So when you were applying for colleges, what made you choose Cornell? What was, um, what was that like um, factor that made you choose it? Like, why'd you like it so much then? So it was actually down to two colleges for me, Cornell and one other university um, that I was picking between uh, when it came down to it. Um, and I think what really made the decision for me was the strength of their pre-health um, program and the pre-health advising. Um, being a, pre a medical pre-med student, uh, that's super important, knowing that you have the right resources, knowing that they're going to help you figure out your internships and give you advice, the proper advice to like navigate the whole application process of applying to medical schools, making your course decisions, uh, all of that stuff, making sure that you have good connections to professors who will write your recommendation letters and you can have a good relationship with, um, and making sure they're going to teach the material in a way that you can study for the MCAT, so things like that. Um, those were all really important things for me to consider, um, and Cornell really has an incredible program for that. Uh, one in six students is pre-health at Cornell, so they have a massive advising program and internship opportunities, and they're very invested in that, um, and that was a big bonus and big plus for me. Um, so that was a huge part of my decision. And stemming off of that, how was the overall college application process for you? How did that go? Um, like, were there any, like, difficulties for you when you were applying? Yeah, I mean, I think everyone will agree. It's a pretty, it's a pretty rough time. It'll be stressful, I think, for everybody. Um, but, you know, if you just manage your time well, start early, start writing your essays early and work through them little by little, like, it's definitely doable. Um, definitely work with your counselors and your school. They're huge help. Work with your teachers um, to get through all of it. They're really helpful. Um, and they'll probably read your essays, they'll give you feedback, so that's a really big plus um, that, I highly take that I highly recommend taking advantage of. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a little stressful, obviously, um, because it's a lot, and obviously it's a big deal. I mean, I think it is a big deal, but don't let it over, like, overwhelm you. It's still supposed to be like one step in your life that you're taking, and you will always be happy regardless whichever college you end up at. Like, I have no doubt, no matter which college I end up at, I would have been very happy. Um, and all my friends are very happy where they're going and I'm happy where I'm going. So don't stress too much is my advice. Just submit the applications and I promise you'll be okay. So how did you prepare yourself for the transition to college? Yeah, so college is a big deal. It's a big change from your normal life. Um, it's definitely different from high school. You're not going to school six and a half hours a day. 
I honestly don't know how we did that. That just seems insane now. <laughs> um, but, you know, a big part of it is time management. Um, you have to learn to manage your time because you'll have like a couple of classes a day that'll take up like three hours of your day, usually four max, but the other rest of the time, like it'll seem like you have a lot of time on your hands, but you really got to budget your time, make sure you're studying, keeping up with the material. Uh, you do not want to crash study for midterms or finals. Very bad. <laughs> Don't do that to yourself. Um, so time management's a huge thing. Um, that was a big one for me. Um, just knowing like, oh, when am I going to do my laundry? Where am I going to get my next meal? Am I going to go to a dining hall? Am I going to cook? When am I going to hang out with my friends? You know, going to meetings for clubs and organizations and doing all these things. And then also making meetings with your advisors, meeting with professors. Um, so these are all things you kind of have to balance on your plate. And it sounds like a lot, um, but, you know, you get used to it. It's all part of growing up. <laughs> um, and you start to learn how to make your own decisions, be independent. So it's actually a really nice transition in the end. Um, but the main thing is budget your time, manage it well, make sure you're sleeping. Please don't not sleep. <laughs> it's possible to get enough sleep. I get six hours at least every night and you will get it. Um, so I think that's a big part of the transition. The other thing is when, as soon as you get to college, you're going to meet a ton of new people who are in the same boat as you who don't know, who don't know like anybody there. Um, so just be friendly, get out there, make a lot of friends, get everybody's phone numbers, follow everybody on Instagram, on Facebook, everything. That was a huge part of it. Like even if I never saw them again in like my classes and stuff, when I see them in, the, in like on the road and stuff in college, like I still wave to them even if I don't get to hang out with them that much. Um, so it really brings the whole community community together, even if you at a, you're at a really big university. Um, so I highly recommend just putting yourself out there, be friends with everyone. Everyone's looking to be friends. So don't be shy about that. Okay. And what was like the biggest like obstacle that you faced when you got into college? Like something that you were just not expecting? Like, um, I think it was like, I think more of the time management thing. I was pretty bad. That first semester was not, not a good time. Um, uh, I was not, I didn't balance, manage my like studying every day because some of the classes, like the big intro ones, especially if you're pre-med, like your intro chemistry and your intro biology, they don't give you like short-term assignments. It's just kind of, we're going to study chapters one through four in the textbook and then here's an exam. So you're, you kind of have to keep up with the readings, do the practice problems, and then the exam will just come up. That first a couple of exams, I just kind of didn't, I just kind of pushed the reading off. You know, a lot of students were in the same boat. We were all just not really sure how to study and manage our time with that. Um, so it took a couple of months for us to realize, like, you kind of have to be disciplined, take a little time every day, and just study whatever was taught in the lecture that day, keep up with your questions, go to office hours, um, utilize the knowledge of your TAs and your professors to answer your questions. Right, right on time so that when the exams do come around, you know, you already have your questions answered and you're just kind of reviewing all the material. So that took me a while to figure out. <laughs> um, I'm glad I figured it out and everyone kind of has their own study pattern. So being able to figure that out is a big part of college. And once you get it, like it'll, it'll just click for you and it, you'll be able to figure it out from there. And I have a question for you um, about pre-med, like, specifically. So do you need to go into pre-med in order to get into medical school? Or what are the paths to getting into medical school? Sure. So usually on your application, they don't ask, like, are you going to be pre-med? Um, 
I, I believe it's been two years, so people might have to check me on this, but on the Common App, usually they ask, like, what general career are you looking at? And what is the highest degree that you are thinking of getting? So there you might put MD or PhD, I believe. And that's where you would be like saying, oh, I'm thinking about getting my medical degree. Um, but they don't hold you to that. Nobody holds you to that. Um, usually in your essays, they might ask like, oh, what are you interested in majoring in? And are you like, you know, what do you want to, why would you want to do that? Um, and how does that apply to your career? So if you are pre-med, you'd probably say like, I'm choosing this major because I want to be a doctor um, and so on and so forth. Um, but generally you never click, there's no like drop down where they're like, oh, are you pre-med? Yes or no? And you just pick. So um, no one is going to hold you to that at any point during the application process. Um, and I know a lot of people who came into college saying, I'm pre-med. And then after a semester, they're like, nope, not anymore. I'm not pre-med. And then I know people who came in saying, I'm not pre-med and switched to pre-med. So you're always allowed to switch, um, especially in that first year and second year. Um, you just kind of want to make your decision sooner or later and just be proactive in making sure you're meeting all the requirements if you're still debating. Um, like I had a friend who was choosing, she wasn't sure yet, oh, should I be pre-med, should I not? But she still took all her pre-med requirements just in case. And now she has decided that she is pre-med, so she's met all her requirements and she's well on her way to applying to medical schools. Um, just make sure you're being proactive about um, getting your pre-med classes done, even if you're not sure if you're pre-med or not, um, just so that if you do decide you're pre-med, you're just kind of on your way um, and you're set to go. Okay, so um, when you say pre-med, is that like a specific like path or is it just like um, like a requirement or like, because when you say pre-med, sometimes it sounds very like, cut and like dry it's like a specific like thing but like can you please explain that a little more absolutely so there's no like major where you say like i am pre-med like that there's nothing like that in most universities it's not like that i'm not familiar with every university's uh pathways for that um but at least from cornell um we just kind of you can pick whatever major you want um, but when you want to go into medical school there are certain courses you need to be taking in order to um, apply to medical school. So if you're pre-med, you would be taking two, two semesters of, of general chemistry, two semesters introductory, introductory biology, two semesters of organic chemistry, one semester biochemistry, two semesters physics. Uh, it's optional to take psychology or sociology, but it's recommended because that material is on the MCAT. Um, and then it's also recommended that you take some advanced biology courses like neurobiology or human anatomy, um, I think microbiology is another one. It kind of depends what your um, college offers, um, but they like to see that as well. So the point of taking these is so that you're not only prepared for your intro medical school courses, but also so that you're prepared for the MCAT because all the material in these courses is going to be on the MCAT. Um, and so by taking these courses, you're kind of just studying for the MCAT um, throughout your college experience. Um, so when people say, oh, I'm pre-med, that means you're planning on taking the MCAT some point during your college experience um, in undergrad, and you're planning to apply to medical school, and you're taking these specific courses to prepare yourself for medical school. So there is no, like, pre-med major, per se, in most universities. Um, I can't speak for all of them. Some of them do have, like, a, a specific track, and they have their own requirements, but at least at Cornell, um, 
you can just say you're pre-med and then you just kind of take the course you need to take. There are pre-med advisors, however, who will specifically help you make sure that you have a plan to take all your courses, study for the MCAT, um, so things like that. Um, so yeah, there's no specific pre-med track. You just kind of need to be proactive about taking everything you need to to get into medical school. Okay, that clears a lot of stuff. Uh, that's like a very confusing thing. I never really understood that. Um, what are you excited about? Like, what are the, what do you see like the med- medical field like being in the future? What are you excited about? Like the developments in the field for the future? So, um, I think the medical field is really changing nowadays, um, especially like with the pandemic and everything. I think it's showing all the things that need to be changed in our healthcare system. Um, because healthcare has kind of become a business. It's kind of become, um, you know, it's difficult sometimes to give the kind of healthcare that every patient needs all the time because of all the logistics and the, you know, the money and the financial restraints and all of that. Um, so I think medic- the health system is in for a lot of changes after this pandemic, especially given how much they've been burdened now um, with the overflow of patients. You know, it's kind of showing all the cracks in the system and things need to change um, for the better in terms of that in the healthcare system. In terms of the medical schools, I think there's, they're starting to put a little more emphasis on um, the psychosocial aspects of medicine um, and the social barriers to health. So I'm talking about like the public health aspects. So more like how, um, you know, homelessness or food insecurity or, um, you know, insurance or your immigration status, how all of that affects health. Um, I think it's becoming more of part of the conversation, which is really good because a lot of people, health isn't just about like, oh, I have these medical issues. It's also about, you know what, I don't have a home, so I can't take care of myself and therefore I'm unhealthy. So that's a huge part of health. And I think medical schools and the health system are starting to realize that and healthcare is changing for the better because of it. So I do think that healthcare and the med- and medical schools are going to start putting more of a focus on those kind of things. And I'm excited for that being a public health major, um, that we're putting more emphasis on that because I think that'll definitely help healthcare improve in the future. So stemming off of that, what career are you planning to pursue? Like I know you're, you, have, you um, have a major in global and public health services, but what major specifically are you planning to pursue? Um, I'm, I'm pre-med, like I said, but actually I'm beyond clinical care. I'm interested in healthcare policy. Um, and so I'm interested in contributing to implementing policy that will help people, um, overcome social barriers to health, um, and will help them get the healthcare they, they deserve. Um, so this includes like health insurance policies and kind of public health policies that kind of end up putting barriers to people um, who need healthcare. Um, and kind of what my interest is in is eliminating healthcare disparities um, through policy. So I'm hoping to work in government fields, more the public sector, um, using a background in medicine to inform those policies. Okay, all right, that's great. So now I kind of want to transition a little bit. And so um, if I were to ask you in middle school, what career that you, you wanted to pursue, what would you have said? <laughs> Honestly, I had no idea. I was so confused at that time as to what I wanted to do. Um, you know, a lot of things influenced my decisions. I was kind of being pulled in two different directions. Like I loved my science classes and I, I was pretty sure I wanted to be a doctor. 
Um, but I also loved my social studies classes. I loved learning about the government and I loved, you know, keeping up with politics and all that really interested me. So I kept going back and forth like, oh, what do I want to do? So at that time, I thought that it was like black and white, like either I'm a doctor or I'm going to be a lawyer and that's it. Like there was no other options for me. Um, so I think middle school, I wasn't really aware of all the career options that were out there. Um, and I thought there were only these two paths because these were the interests I had and that's kind of it. Um, but I think as you grow, you start to, the world starts to expand. You start to learn a lot more about yourself and the world out there. And I started to see that, you know, it's not just one or the other and it's, you know, you don't have to pick all the time. Like there are so many amazing careers out there in so many different fields that like, you know, intersect between fields and different topics are being explored. So, you know, don't hold yourself to like all these, to like a very specific job that everyone thinks is the way to go. Like there are so many careers out there. Um, and I'm glad that I was able to figure out how to combine my interests um, after middle school. <laughs> so then what made you choose pre-med like when did you realize that there was like so many different options like what made you go get there yeah yeah so you know I didn't want to commit to pre-med for the longest time um just because it's a big commitment to make you know I was like I don't know it seems like a long time like to put all that effort in like I don't know if that's what I want um you know but I think by senior year beginning of freshman year of college I I kind of realized like this is this is what I want. I want to be able I want to be a doctor like I want to have that background um before I go into policy. At that point I had kind of decided like I don't want to spend the rest of my life doing clinical care, but I also don't want to go into a policy position without having a background in like a very qualified background in medicine. Um and I knew I wanted to do healthcare policy, so you know, I decided like this is I know it's a long way to go, um, but I felt like it was worth it um, for what I wanted to achieve. Um, I think my very exact moment where I was like, you know what, doctor is the way for me to go is my parents are both doctors. Um, so I think there was one time we were walking around somewhere. I don't honestly remember. I think we were in Texas. We were visiting family um, and someone collapsed on the street. It was like 100 degrees out. Um, someone collapsed on the street and my dad just dropped everything and went to help her. And he like, helped her kind of regain consciousness and everything. And I was like, I want to do that. Like, I want to be able to help someone on the street like that. Like that was just kind of the moment where like the bell went off and I was like, that, that's what I want to be able to do someday. Um, and so, you know, that's been kind of like my driving motivation. Um, but I do know that the end goal is policy for me. So um, we'll see how it goes. It's a long road, but I'm excited to do it. <laughs> Um, so what got you interested specifically in global and health, like public health um, science? Sure. Yeah. So um, I think a couple of things led to it. So my, like I said, my parents are both doctors. They work in the Bronx um, in a public hospital. And so I got a lot of close up um experience seeing how patients in the Bronx live um, and the patient population that that hospital serves. Um, and not everybody knows, but the Bronx is one of, has some of the poorest health outcomes amongst it, among its patient population. Um, the patients struggle a lot in terms of health behaviors and health outcomes. Um, and it's a very diverse population, mostly made of lower socioeconomic um, status um, populations. 
So it's a very unique population. Um, and so what I came to realize was um, my parents were not just, you know, giving medical advice and prescribing medications to these doctors. My, my dad would be opening you know, he's one of the health administrators at the hospital. So he was working with the rest of the, the administrators to open the auditorium so that homeless people could sleep there. And he was planning, how are we going to feed all these people? And, you know, it was, it was more than just how are we going to prescribe medications or how are we going to deal with these medical issues? It was more, there were all these social issues that were, people were dealing with in this, in the society and they were coming to the hospital with those problems um, because, you know, a hospital is like your number one place to help you because. Of, um, and so I was really amazed by that, that, you know, a hospital is not only dealing with you know, medical issues, but they're dealing with social issues as well. Um, and that's what public health is. It's kind of seeing how the intersection of medicine, all these social barriers to health kind of work together and how they um, interplay in society. Um, and so these are called the social determinants of health. Um, they're like, they determine your health from a non-medical perspective. Um, and so I grew really interested in that, um, because I saw it firsthand and I really wanted to learn more about it. Um, and I think it's something that a lot of doctors should learn about, um, because it's really a huge part of healthcare today. Um, so that's what really drove me towards, um, public health sciences. Um, I have a minor in public policy and the reason I ended up picking that was because, um, I did research in high school um, studying aggressive forms of leukemia. Um, and something that really struck me at that time was, um, you know, I was doing research and I was working with all these incredible mentors and physicians and scientists and PhD researchers who are all like, who are all just dedicating so many hours of their time to coming up with these cures for cancer and all these different, you know, illnesses and diseases. Um, at the same time, in the political field, you know, we were seeing a lot of um, partisan politics not really working together on healthcare. At that time, the hot topic was healthcare reform. Um, so it was kind of a paradox for me, kind of like contradictory to see all these like dedicated scientists working so hard to give patients, you know, the healthcare they deserve, and then politicians kind of taking away money from research or passing policy that won't let them get the health care they need or just not passing any legislation at all to get people the care they need. So I just found it really frustrating that, you know, there are politicians who may not have the background in health care needed to make health care decisions are making decisions about people's health. Uh, and it kind of drove me to decide, you know, I do want to go into the healthcare field, but I want to go into the policy aspect of it so that I can educate policymakers and be a policymaker who can pass, you know, evidence-based, useful, effective policy for healthcare that will actually make a difference um, and will help people. Um, so that's kind of where I picked those two uh, parts of my education, um, and I kind of went from there. So if someone in middle school or high school right now um, it, like developed an interest in pre-med already, what do you recommend that they do to like, um, you know, continue this interest, like extracurriculars or anything? Yeah, like that? yeah no, that's great. Um, I highly recommend that if you're sure that that's what you want, great for you, congratulations. Um, I think the best thing to do is to keep yourself immersed in healthcare, get to know the field as best you can. The best way to do it is to shadow physicians. That I shadowed physicians last summer, and it was an incredible experience. You learn so much about how 
hospitals work, how doctors work, the, the relationship between patients and healthcare professionals. Um, so I highly, highly recommend shadowing physicians. Um, doesn't even have to be a physician. It could be a nurse. It could be, you know, any kind of healthcare professional, but that's a really great experience for anyone who's, you know, thinking about going pre-med or has already decided that kind of sealed it for me, honestly, and caused it. I was like, this is it for me. I want to be a doctor. Um, so I highly recommend that. Um, research is another great way to get involved. Um, you know, you get a really in-depth understanding of a very specific field in medicine um, through research. Um, and it's really amazing to learn that and kind of make a difference through research because you're finding cures for diseases or you're learning more about a disease so that we can someday find a cure for it. Or, you know, there are a lot of different ways to go about doing medical research and there's tons of it being done. Um, and they're always looking for interns and people to help them out. So I highly recommend doing that. You know, you can even just cold call, cold email professors who are doing research and there uh, at least a few of them will respond. So I highly recommend research. Um, volunteering is another great way in hospitals and nursing homes, um, anything like that. Um, just get involved in the healthcare field somehow, um, whether that's research or volunteering or shadowing, put yourself out there, get experience in the healthcare field so that you actually know that this is what you want. And so if someone wanted to shadow a physician, how would they, how would they be able to do that? Like, what are the steps they need to take to be able to shadow a physician? Um, once you're in college, there are usually programs that they have to help you, you know, meet professors, meet, uh, excuse me, healthcare professionals who can, who will take you in as for shadowing. Um, but in high school, usually the best thing to do is just email physicians um, and just straight up ask them. Um, that's the best way to do it. If you know any physicians, if you're just family friends, um, or your friend has a parent who is a physician, um, those are great ways to just kind of get in, um, use your resources, um, network a little bit. Um, and those are great ways to find people to shadow. Um, it's kind of an informal process that you need to go through. There may not be like a formal way to apply here and get a shadowing position. Um, but if you just network a little bit, put your hands out there and just see who might be willing to take you, you know, family, friends, anybody like that. I'm sure you'll find something. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. So how do you manage your stress with regards to schoolwork and tests? Yeah, it gets pretty stressful in college, not going to lie. Um, but you know, that's what you're there for. You're there to study. You're there to learn and grow. Um, the best way to manage it is find extracurricular activities that will balance you. Um, for me, I'm kind of a fidgety person. I like to move a lot. I'm a dancer. So I joined the dance team at Cornell, one of the dance teams there. So I'm on a Bollywood team there. Um, and they are like my complete de-stressor relief. Like three times a week, I just go there and dance my heart out and all the stress just kind of flies away. So Jeff, definitely find something that, you know, it doesn't have anything to do with your career. It's just, it's just something that you love and you do for yourself. Um, and just do that so that you have some kind of outlet um, to keep yourself, you know, balanced and not too stressed out. Um, you know, just have some activity, even if it's not, it doesn't have to do with other people. If it's just sleeping, like just go sleep, you know, take a nap. Um, just have some time for yourself a couple of times a week where you just let go. Don't do work. Don't do things that are pre-medy or 
for your school work. It's just you and just taking care of yourself. So that is, that's a really important part um, of college. Okay. Yeah, for sure. So given where you are, what advice would you give to a younger you? Younger me. <laughs> um, I think I'd probably say don't give up on your interests. Don't think that there is like a black or white way to go about life and just you have to do it this way and you know you, you know there's a way to do everything there is always a million infinite ways that you can do things um you know I came to college thinking there I'm not taking gap year like there's 500% chance no way I'm not taking gap year and now like I'm taking a gap year two years later like I've already decided I'm taking a gap year so things change everything you know things will always change. You're, you're, you're going to have so many different life experiences. You don't know what's going to come at you. Um, and it's just better to just roll with whatever comes with you and make decisions based on what feels right. Um, with obviously a long-term plan as to how you, what you want to do ultimately. Um, but there's no set way to get anywhere, you know, do what feels right and you'll get to where you need to be. So definitely that would be the advice I'd give my younger self. And what final advice do you have for kids that are not sure, so sure about what they want to do in the future? What final advice do you have for them? My final advice would be just reflect on your own life experiences. You know, you wouldn't realize how much your own life experiences have influenced your personal beliefs and your biases towards, you know, your world perspective. Um, but they really do. Like, I wouldn't have thought that my parents working, you know, in the Bronx would have, and working as healthcare um, professionals in the Bronx would have influenced me so much, but it did. Um, and it's ultimately that and my research has ultimately defined what I wanted to do in my career. And that was a big thing for me. So just looking at your own life and seeing what has happened to you um, and how that's influenced the, influenced the way you see the world, that can make a huge difference and influence what you want to do for the rest of your life. Um, the other thing is, I guess, even if you've decided what you want to do, don't let, don't like hold yourself down immediately. You know, like if you're in high school, like, and you're like, I want to do this. Like, I know it. But then you have an experience like in the future and you're like, oh wait, this is really changed what I want to do. You don't have to hold on to that. You know, what you originally thought it's okay to change your ideas. It's okay to, you know, go off track and try something new. So welcome new experiences, welcome new ideas, and try to blend them in with what you're thinking. You know, I guess what I'm trying to say is just reflect on your world experience, world, your world perspective, um, and see how that can influence what you want to do in the future. Um, and I guarantee you'll make the right decision. So um, just keep reflecting on that. Yeah, well, thank you so much, Ruthie, for sharing all your experiences and your tips. I'm pretty sure that whoever's watching will definitely benefit from it and learn something. So, yeah, thank you so much again, and uh, good luck with everything. Thank you. Same to you and to everyone watching. <laughs> thank you so much for joining me for this episode, and I'll see you next time.